Mark, good evening. Happy summer. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> My goodness. Um, it's yeah, what? Three out right now? It's <laughs> it's, it's three. It's three. It's, uh, that doesn't even... That's not even funny. Um, but here we are, Midwesterners, talking about the weather. Hope. Hope. Um, thanks for coming out. Thanks for having me here. And, I really enjoy um, coming. Yeah. And, and I know you already, but I don't know all about you, so... Let's hear about the musical upbringing. Let's hear sure. about maybe some mentors in your life, and we'll we'll start this thing off how it normally starts off. Absolutely. Uh, first off, again, thanks for having me. It's always fun to come to Juliet Central and see this wonderful band historical landmark. Um, I think um, my story is a little bit different than some others, I guess. I mean, it's it may, but also maybe similar uh, and and kind of basic at its beginning. Started band in fifth grade. Um, like anybody else, uh, decided to play the clarinet. It was the thing that seemed to be uh, what worked best for me. Um, made a decent sound on it, and you know, you take you trust the educator in front of you to say this is the one you should play. Um, so you know, walk out of that um, instrument pickup night with a clarinet, and out I go. My friend's walking in; he's getting a trumpet, and we're all like high fiving, and it's going to be the thing. Um, before that, I feel like I didn't necessarily respect, if you will, my family's musical heritage. Um, and I don't know why I, I didn't quite get it, that it was a pretty cool heritage. Um, my grandfather was a, um, he worked for an advertising agency in Chicago, um, but I think his real passion was being a polka bandsman. So he was a accordion player and um, that was his true passion. Like he would, he would finish his daily job and then it was, you know, a band job, you know, and, and, and the weekends would be band jobs and his group was called the Merry Notes. Um, and they were well known, um, to my knowledge in the, uh, South suburb area and he, he lived in South Holland and, um, it was just, a, it was just a really cool thing. And I remember seeing them play and, but again, just not having that appreciation for it maybe, um, that I do now, especially going back and watching and listening to some of his old recordings. They were, they were really quite good. Um, my grandmother played piano, um, and, uh, and, uh, so she taught my father piano and he played flute. Um, so he was a musician in, in a little bit of his own way. Um, my mother was a music therapist, um, before she had kids, she studied music therapy at Illinois state. So there's a little bit of music, not a band heritage, sure, but sure. there was music. So ended up falling in love with playing the clarinet, um, went through middle school band and, uh, in middle school band in the seventh grade, I was asked to play in the, the symphonic band, which was okay. the eighth grade band. So can again, I stop real, Did you, did absolutely. you and your grandfather ever play together? You know, uh, he ended up writing a little arrangement for me. Do you remember? And I feel terrible not remembering the name of the tune, but sure. you remember the, the clarinet solo that young lady was playing in Mr. Holland's opus. Yes. I I, uh, the composer's Michael Kamen. That's what I remember. Yeah. And, and, but, he oh uh, no not no it, it was, was like a Gert. Gert it was like a Gershwin thing that she, you, know, sure. you know when she was uh, dee, you know, dee, 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 that's dee, the one that one that's the one and and I I loved that tune I loved the you know the clarinet that was there and and so one day my grandfather when we were at Christmas uh, dinner I think um, he handed me a piece of handwritten sheet music and he wrote that solo out for okay. me to play so we never played together on that but I took it home and I learned it and then I played it for him later and he was just you know. Right as cool. rain, thought it was wonderful. So, well, not a lot of people get that experience where yeah. you know 
my grandfather made this arrangement for me. I get to play for him. Do you still have that? Yeah, it's somewhere okay. in the, in, okay. the, in, in my childhood home. And I and I actually have been. I, I think Looking about it often. It. Actually, is like where where can I find that? Yeah. So one of these days we're gonna go clean out my room and we're gonna Very find cool. that. So I'm sorry. Go, yeah. on. go on. No, it's fine. Um, so finding out that I was able to play in the middle school eighth grade band again just kind of told me a little bit that you know okay you might be pretty good at this. So I, I kind of skipped the seventh grade band altogether and spent two years with Ray Forlenza. Um, and he's still a, a you know active music uh, conductor in, in the area. He just did the District One Junior High Band right here at Juliet Central. Um, he conducted the group after he retired from District One Forty. Um, after gosh, I don't know how many years he was there forever. Um, he was my middle school band director, um, as that would be obvious. Uh, so uh, continued on to Andrew High School, and uh, Dan Romano was my teacher. And at some point, um, I, I didn't quite know if if becoming a, a band director was was for me. I just, I just didn't really think about it. I thought maybe I would like to be a, a pilot. I don't know. I thought that was really cool. I liked aviation. Yeah. I thought that was fun. Um, and I had a lot of interest in that. And then, um, I think around my junior year, the Illinois state university band came up and they did a tour and they played at our school. And, um, I think Mr. Romano had known that I had an interest at some point. Um, so he, uh, he hooked me up with Dr. Steve Steele, that day and Dr. Steele being, uh, the kind of go forward kind of guy he is, um, was, well, why don't you get your clarinet and come on and sit down here with us and play this concert with us? And I said, well, I, I don't know the music. No, just come on and sit down and play the concert with us. So I said, okay. So I think I played maybe a half a note on that concert. Um, they were playing David Maslenka's Testament and I, I mean, I mean, notes were flying across the page, but it was a transformative experience sitting next to those people and, uh, and, and hearing what a band could really sound like. And, you and you, but you came from a good high school band too. Yeah. You know, which yeah. Is, is, um, not a slam on, on them at all. It's just, you know, when you when you get that new type that of experience and that next level, it's it's really something, right? And I th- I think an interesting side note there is, you know, the concert band heritage at Andrew. Um, it was it was good. We played music. We played like play good good music. We played four Scottish dances. I don't know necessarily how well we played it, sure. but you know, we 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 did. But I think we were we did our best with what we had. When I was at Andrew, our band periods were only uh, half a period. Okay. So they were like a lunch period class. Um, so even with setup time and all of that, you know, we would be only about twenty minutes or so sure. of music per day and in the band world. So it's hard to really establish a, a vibe with an ensemble or get things clicking. Um, but I was in the symphonic band all four years. I think it was all four years and which was our top band. We only had two at the time. Um, so, and, and Mr. Romano really provided us some great music. Um, and so really enjoyed that. Uh, but I think our heritage was the marching band. You know, that's what really made me fall in love with band, I guess was because we had a really competitive marching band and we had, uh, I think that's kind of what, uh, what Dan Romano, at his time and Andrew created culture through was that competitive marching band. And that's kind of what made that program strong and special. So, so anyway, that, that performance that ISU did, um, not only told me I wanted to be a band director, but it told me I wanted to go to ISU amidst all of that time in junior high, I was going down to Illinois state for the junior high band camps. I think I did those all three years in junior high, uh, in high school, I went and, and did the summer symposium. And again, I think back to the beginning of it, I, I didn't know some of the stuff that I was being provided with as a student. My first conductor for the summer symposium at ISU, he was a freshman going into sophomore year, was Harry Beejan. So, and, and, and we were rehearsing throughout the week. We didn't end up performing the piece, but we rehearsed Armenian dances mm-hmm. one. And 
I'm just in the third clarinet section thinking this is a really fun band and thinking he's kind of a grumpy old guy. Um, had no idea, you know, who that person was. And not until much later, of course, did I realize who I had in front of us and, and what a, an amazing experience that was. The next year it was John Whitwell. The next year it was Tony Maiello. So it's just like icon after icon that I had a chance to work with over mm-hmm. the summer. I think all that sort of started to pile on and create a sense of, well, this is, this is what I'm going to do. This is, I, I love this. I'm going to, to these, these really great things. And, um, and it seems to be the thing I do well. So I think this is what I got to, what I got to go ahead and go forward with. So <laughs> you got to keep going. At yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> So I, so I, 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 as a very not smart high school senior, only applied for one school, only applied for Illinois State, and fortunately enough, had a high enough ACT score. 100% acceptance rate to what everything you applied for. I, I did. It was, it, was a, <laughs> it was nice, actually. I mean, yeah, I got in everywhere I applied. And then, you know, well, where'd you apply? Let's talk about that later. That's fine. Um, so started down at Illinois State, and uh, that's where you and I met, Don. Um, and and it was uh, it was a great experience. I mean, I think the value in that program was that they provided us so many opportunities to play in some great ensembles, mm-hmm. um, exposed to the music of David Maslanka through Doctor Steele, uh, which was. I think very important in my development as a musician. Um, I learned how to work hard. Um, I don't think I truly knew how to work hard until I started going through that program. Um, had a great clarinet teacher in David Gresham and, uh, really felt as if through that time that, you know, in undergrad, you're, you're just kind of learning who you're going to be. And, and I always felt like maybe, was there enough trust or, or, or did, did our faculty or my faculty maybe think I was going to be able to do this? Mm-hmm. I never quite knew. Um, and, and I think that's a good thing if you're, if you're, uh, uh, studying to become an educator that you, you should question yourself, you know, and, and, and say, am I, am I doing this right? You know, or, or am I, am I okay with what I'm trying to do here? Am, am I, even these little clinical lessons, are they going okay? Um, stuff like that. So, um, it really wasn't until, um, you know, I had a couple times in and out of the wind symphony just through, you know, auditions going not so well or going really well and things like that. And some, some conversation in Dr. Steele's office, um, that just really was initiated by me. You know, I would go in and ask him, Hey, what happened? Why did I not play in the band this semester? Sure. And he would just tell you how it was. And I, I can't tell you how much I appreciated that. Yeah. Um, I think that it doesn't happen enough. I have I mean, to send that man an apology letter at some sort. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> I, I look. I I got to reach out to him. He's he's actually going to come up and work with uh, some bands in the area here um, in in February, which is going to be really cool. But yeah, I mean, tough love. Yeah. Through that development of that relationship, and I just feel like that was a really good thing for me. And and I think all of this ties to like everything happens for a reason. So you know, just kind of crazy. Um. Anyway, so. You know, all that, all through that time, you know, got a chance to, uh, I think, quote unquote, prove myself. And then uh, when you get to that time where you're awarded your student teaching placement, you kind of know where you stand. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the time, I uh, was awarded a, a placement at Lamont High School and Old Quarry Middle School. And then at that point, um, Terry Redford was teaching at Lamont. He was almost done. And, and Ken Marks was at Old Quarry. And these are two master educators. Um, and when you hear you get that placement or someplace like Marian Catholic, uh, you know, or even Andrew High School, and one of those places that you're, you know, there's a good connection from ISU with, it just became a sense of like, oh, wow. Yeah, they believe in me. They think I'm going to be able to go do this. So I really took my student teaching experience seriously and um, 
you know, stayed super late at the high school. Just Terry and I talked quite a bit and it just started what I think in terms of mentorship uh, or, or receiving advice from mentorship is uh, mentors uh, for me was, was that that's something that I need to do. And I think, again, that's an important lesson for people to learn is, is that there are so many people out there that have been doing this, I mean, more than I have, and, and in, in so many ways better, you know, and, and they've, they've figured out the mistakes, they've figured out the tough ways to get through things and uh, to learn from those people and to, and to have them help you not make those mistakes um, was something I feel like I learned right there in student teaching. And I just carried that through mm-hmm. into my teaching career and, and really grasp on to you know, as many people as I possibly can. I feel like it's a, a skill of mine is like, no, I think that person's got the right idea. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I, I have no fear going to talk to that person. <laughs> let's, let's see how that goes. So, uh, so yeah. And, and, uh, and then after I graduated Illinois state, I, um, I got a job teaching in uh, Schiller park, Illinois district 81, uh, right by O'Hare airport. Our, our elementary building, the four or five building was directly in alignment with the international runway, one of the big international runways. I mean, and it's like the school's here, there's the highway and there's the international runway. So when I would leave some days, I would just look up right from where my car was and I would see 747s like seemingly a hundred feet up in the air. I mean, you could see people almost in the windows. It was, it was insane. Uh, the school was soundproof, so you couldn't hear anything inside and no hair actually paid for that. It was kind of cool. Um, so it was a, it was a great place to work. It was a very diverse community. Um, really appreciated the time I had there. Um, but I, I really felt my calling even before that was to teach high school. I just, that was something I had always wanted to do. So I, throughout that time was pretty heavily looking into where I could maybe work at a high school. And, um, I had a few interviews here and there, um, ended up setting up, uh, uh, a clarinet tech position, if you will, for the marching band with like Lake Park High School. We lived right in Roselle. So um, I had that set up to, to happen. And then all of a sudden I'm getting the job at Andrew High School, my my alma mater. Mm-hmm. And so things changed very quickly uh, into that world. Um, but I think, you know, if, if we're I, I guess I'd like to go back really quick and kind sure. of mention a, a few other like mentors along the way and just the way things happen for a reason. While at ISU, I get this random um AIM message instant messenger right that just pops up do you have a really cool away message like a song lyric at that you point? know I wasn't cool like that I <laughs> you know I was at band practice or downstairs practicing or something like that or just to the yeah, floor yeah something like that yeah um and so I get this message from uh, a, a really good friend of mine now uh and, and by the name of Kurt Gross and you you've probably heard you know Kurt Gross a lot of us know Kurt Gross he's at Warren Township High School and uh, he um he was at University of Illinois at the time and and he was in the band at that summer symposium at ISU uh playing alto saxophone under Harry Beejan and uh and and if you know Kurt he he likes to get to know people quickly and and he's not afraid to do that and he he actually I think took a point to learn who everybody was in that band and and I didn't know that um Somehow he got my contact information. I still haven't asked him how I got this information, so I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, <laughs> but got this, got my information, and he ends up just kind of chatting it up a little bit, but then asks me out of the blue, hey, do you want to come down to the National Concert Festival with me in Indianapolis? I'm going to go, and there's a free college student ticket, so we can just go. And ended up staying with a friend of his down in the University of Indianapolis. And so anyway, um, we go to, we, I say, you know, 
strangely enough, I said, sure, let's just do, let's do it. You know, that sounds like a great idea. And I, and I just, again, felt some reason that that might be a good experience for me. Um, so, uh, he comes up to ISU from U of I, and then we drive down to Indianapolis. And, uh, so we go to the first concert. Uh, of course I was blown away. If you, I, I heard the John Barnes chant symphony number two, um, played by the William Mason high school band. And, uh, and it was just like hearing what a high school band could actually do, um, was just, and just mind blowing to me. Um, those are 40 minute concerts at that festival. And, uh, so we're finishing the concert. Kurt, uh, walks us out of the hall and clues Memorial hall and to go congratulate the students. Cause they, they walk from the hall and they go into another building for their clinic and you can kind of, you know, see them as they make that transit. Um, so Kurt made a chant, made an opportunity to, to congratulate the band director. And we you know, were kind of shaking the hands of the students and all that stuff. Um, and uh, I just was immediately thinking right at that spot in that in that in that foyer that, man, I'm oh, man, I'm never going to be able to do this. This is this is going to be very challenging. And I, I started to realize that and kind of lost a little bit of that. I don't want to call it innocence, but that sense of like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be good. I'm going to take care. I'm, yeah, I'm going to graduate. And boom, here we go. Um, so that brought me down a few notches, which was a good thing. Um and uh, so then I'm asking her, okay, so we're going to go get lunch. He's like, no, there's the next concert. And then, okay, cool. We'll listen to the next concert. And then 16 concerts later, <laughs> uh, you know, we've listened to about 15 hours of band. Um, and, and for me at that point, that was almost too much. And I was like, oh my goodness. But at that, at that end, I, I got to hear what the National Concert Festival was all about. And um, so fast forward to today, you know, we're, we're going to be playing for our second time in, in 2020 with Andrew High School. And uh, I was in that hall three years ago, just standing in the exact spot that I'd shaken the hands of some of those kids. And I was walking my own students across to go to their clinic. And it was just a very surreal experience. And I remembered it very vividly. So I owe Kurt a lot uh, just in that sense that he just brought me down there. And, and, and here we, you know, here we are that, that it actually happened for us. So uh, yeah. Let me ask you something that, you know, spoiler to everybody listening. It's not always just spontaneous. Sometimes I give the questions ahead of time. I didn't give you this question ahead of time. Um, National Concert Van Festival, you thought you couldn't do it, and then you're doing it twice. So how'd you do it? That's a great question. Um, <laughs> and and so, and, and obviously it's not an overnight thing, and, and right. it's probably a big, long process, but... right. You know, let's substitute that just with anything else. Here's something I think I can't do. Here's a goal I have for the kids, a festival, an opportunity, something like that. How, right. What What do you do? So, again, I think it just goes back to the the people, the mentors, and the people to talk to, talk to and to humble yourself and realize that you're, you might not be hearing what is actually happening. And so, um, you know... You know, I'm in Andrew High School. I've got my my first year in, in the gig, and and I'm I'm excited to just play the whole first suite with my kids, and you know, present that that music to them. And I think it sounds great. I think it sounds awesome. Um, and uh, fast forward a couple of years, we're playing the Candide Suite. And I think it sounds great. We're doing we're doing man, that's this this is this is really good. And we go to a festival, and I receive a tape from from Jim Keen, and the the feedback is less than positive um it and ruins your weekend yeah you know you go home and um but for me it was it, it did and then it was just a sense of you know okay um i i okay i i just i need to get to work i need to i need to figure this out so um 
So we had applied for Superstate at some point in there as well and got some feedback back that was quite similar in the sense that we really didn't quite have a reason to be doing that yet. So I just... I just kind of got to work on it and just started to saying, you know, I'm going to listen more critically than I ever have. Um, and I, I really zoomed in on that as much as I possibly could almost to a fault Don, I, I got to the spot where I, I was, I was no longer pleased with almost anything that I heard. Um, but I was so, um, into trying to create the right sounds and the right articulations. Like it just, it was a cleansing for me. I really decided to do that. And, and I, um, I started talking with, you know, folks to come on out and, and, and listen to the band and, and not be afraid of doing that anymore. When I was before, you know, we get the feedback that says you're not doing so well. Well, Oh man, I don't want anybody else to come out. Sure. This, sure. You know? Um, but then I just kind of broke it out and said, you know, it's, it is time for someone to come listen. And I, and then some trusted people to come listen. Um, you know, I, I actually, I actually think Dr. Steele came up once and, and helped us out a little bit and, and gave us some advice. And so was that the scariest one? Because my, my scariest ones were my, I my closest so. teachers. Yeah. yeah, I really, yeah, I would. I mean, that's, that's tough, right? I mean, you're, you're hoping that you're doing right by them, Yeah, you know, and, and that maybe you're not yet and that's okay. Did you wish you had him out earlier though? I wish I had maybe, maybe anybody out earlier. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, you know, just, just literally if I would have known that starting day one, I should, you know, yeah. let's get some folks out and let's start making this happen. Cause I, th- I think, I think about that even just my first year of teaching, if I if I even would have had somebody out my first year of teaching, mm-hmm. it, even just the small stuff like listen, they're not set up right. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> like posture, you know. I um, even as recent as this year, um, you know, uh, Professor Kaminsky from Vandercook. Yeah, this this wonderful new edition. None of us knew how to breathe until he came over. Ap- right. <laughs> and do do your does your band sing? Um, and well, we sing uh, a little bit. Uh, you're okay. You're so you don't. You know. And so just just telling you how it is. And and again, there's so much um in that. And and if you can. If you can take that for what it is and not be personally offended sure, sure. by it, you know, it's then 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 move on. So, but I, I think what it is when you when you're trying to get at least for us when you're trying to get to that next level, I think it took the right combination of kids, the the right group, mm-hmm. um, and actually the right music, and the and then and then the right event to happen for them to start feeling like, okay, this is important. Now, all through this time, Don, our marching band was still doing fine. Yeah. You know, it was actually doing quite well and we were um, still making things happen there and the marching band sounded good. We were starting to make the shift of, wait a minute, what we're saying inside in the concert room needs to translate outside and we need to start marrying these two together um, to be one concept. Um, and actually, let's place more importance on the inside group to create those better sounds to happen outside mm-hmm. it, when that started to happen um then again everything gets easier um then teaching the marching man and andrew has never been easier um, than it is than it is today because of all this so um so in 2014 uh maybe it was 15 in the spring um we were working on give us this day and it was my second time doing the piece um and andrew i did it my first year and uh, my friend matt doherty was looking at me with like uh, you know, a kind of a sideward glance, like why, <laughs> why were you doing that in your first year? That actually sounded okay in the first year. Um, but, um, this group really started to sound good. Um, and we go to the Lamont Midwest music festival and, um, 
you know, we're, we're stick, we're going on near the end. So we just stay around for awards and we think we played well. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's one of the last competitive concert band things. And I'm really not all about the competitive concert band thing, but it's a nice hall at Lamont and it's a right time of year to go ahead and play some of that music. So we like going and, um, and, and, uh, and again, I you know, had a big connection with Lamont high school with my student teaching placement. So I, you know, I like to go back, um, end of the day, we were, we're at awards and, and they're calling off you know, third and seconds. And then there's a couple of, you know, best woodwind awards and we got a best woodwind award and then we got a best percussion award. And, and then we're, we're thinking, you know, wait, they just called third and second and we just got two awards and then they call, you know, a grand champion. And we had, we had won the festival for the first time in Andrew history. Mm-hmm. And this festival has been going on for 30, 40 years. So, um, you know, the trophy is a big gigantic thing that travels around sure. and you're looking at schools on there, Plainfield central, you're seeing Lockport's on there, Wheaton, Warrenville South. I mean, just, places that had been so good for so long. And some of those bands were there that day um, that we ended up, you know, playing that well enough to, to, you know, come home with that, that grand champion thing. And I remember sitting there with a student of mine that is just one of, one of the, one of my very favorite people um, today. today uh, and she's, she's just finishing up her time at U of I as the drum major of the U of I marching band. Um, and just her turning and looking at me with this, like, wonderment yeah, that that had yeah. just happened for us. <laughs> um, you know, and we, we even had a few kids go home with their parents, you know, they didn't stay for awards. So we had a, a good contingent to the group there to see that happen for us. Um, and then at that point I, I, I was starting to talk with Joe Manfredo a little bit. Um, he was at ISU at that time, um, which was really nice to hear that he was at my alma mater and he was sure. at U of I before, but he's coming to my alma mater. So I heard about how good he was. Um, so I talked with him and he came out and, uh, it was right around that time, um, to prepare for that performance that, that he also just kind of looked me square in the eye and said, Mark, this is really good. And, and you need to put this in for super state. And I, it really wasn't even on my radar, sure. not even on my radar. Um, so then he talked me through that process since he had done that before. And so we sent in and sure enough, for the first time ever, we made it. Um, and, th- and since then it has been, um, a new, a new world of, concert band sure at andrew so um and it's added ups and downs in there too but it's just been now now i think we get it okay so it's been pretty cool very good um i'm thinking about i think my first memory with you if i remember right it was in the auditorium at isu and you were bootlegging a concert or something on a mini disc player (laughs) um and it's it's funny because i think about you know, every band kid that goes to be a band director, like you think you're really into band, right? And I thought I was really into band. And you are probably the first person that I met that I remember going back to my dorm going, that guy really likes band. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I remember talking to you and it, it was always cool because you were always on the cutting edge of, of everything, um, the technology and band. And I don't know, we've joked about this before. And m- one of my favorite jokes from you is I, I saw you once and uh, you said, man, I'm really kicking myself buying that HD DVD drive. It's, uh, <laughs> it is still... <laughs> In my family room, you can't, I still you have can't. a library of movies for it. Um, it still works. It's next to the Betamax. It, uh, it, it is. Um, yeah, man, an early adopter. I tell you what. Yeah. Oh, but I always, but I always thought that was that was cool because um, I, I, re- I remember again always talking to you, and you're always very very excited about these things, and I always learned uh, a lot. And a lot of the times, I just lie. You'd say, "Hey, have you heard this new piece?" Yeah, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I never heard. I never even heard the composer before. I just lied. Um, 
<laughs> write it down sure. and go listen to it. Um, but it's funny too because like not just that composer, it's just everything band world. Like man, you are on top of it. There'll, there'll be something like, oh, man, did you hear this this band play? And you're like, well, I was at the rehearsal, of course. I heard. Okay, fine. So how do you keep up on that? What's the what's the drive for for that? Have you always been a, a literature junkie and a tech junkie and and yeah everything in between yeah i and and i think some of it's luck like being in the right place at the right time to hear something really great sure and and then wanted and but and then i'm just the kind of guy that likes to tell people about things yeah yeah. you know i'll be driving home and and i'll have something uh just in my mind that just happened like like even you know the the ilma just uh, had a library a lending library clear out day and I, I made bank there, man. It was okay. it was great. I got sixty six new concert band pieces for Andrew okay. High School. Uh, sixty six arrangements of Hogan's Heroes. It, you know that's it. I, I mean, they, they had multiple <laughs> copies, so I had to make sure I took them all. Um, and uh, so I just I was driving home, and I was trying to think of everybody I could call just to tell yeah. about. Just be like, hey, look, guess what I did? You know. And so, um, but no, I think. Um, in terms of the tech side of things, I worked uh, throughout high school and uh, and through college. I worked at Best Buy. That's right. That's yeah. right. So, uh, and ironically enough, there was a certain point where where I felt like maybe that would be a, a career path where it's like if this music thing doesn't work out, I'm pretty good at this retail. You did the thing. Apple Store too, right? Yeah, actually, when I when I um, was teaching for my first year, my wife and I um, both applied for the mall. Um, this is before we had kids. We lived near Woodfield Mall, yeah. so Tiffany applied to to work at uh, Banana Republic, okay. and I applied to work at the Apple Store. And we both got jobs for the summer, um, and then we spent all of our money at the mall. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but the one nice thing about working Not at the, the you Apple went to Orange store, Julius or something. Oh instead, right? man, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, the the Godiva store was next to the <laughs> Apple Store, and they would bring us over the chocolate covered strawberry leftovers from the day and you'd bring them over the leftover iPhones and everything uh, was apps. Yeah. It made, made perfect sense in, in harmony and balance. So, yeah. Um, so that was, I think that's how I kept up on things was just, you know, you would just see this technology and I always thought Apple stuff was great. So yeah. And yeah. then, so just going, you know, why not go work there? You know, why not? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I still have some of the, you know, the swag from working there and it was a really cool walking experience. In with it on and, and- yeah, geez. See what will happen. Yeah, I've got an iPhone 3G t-shirt on. You know, this is, we still sell it. Um, <laughs> um, so I think that's kind of how I kept up with all that stuff. And um, and ironically, again, through Kurt, uh, you know, he recommended this Sony stereo microphone. And So uh, let's talk. And yeah. here's, here's the next part. And don't take offense to this. No. You were the first person I met that I went, oh, my gosh, this guy knows a lot about band and band literature. And I know you fairly well. I don't know Kurt that well. I know right. him well enough to talk. We've talked a few times. Kurt's the next level. Yes, he is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. And I think, doesn't he have a public Spotify list of his top 800 band pieces or I th- something? I think it's, the playlist is days long. I'll have to go look at that. Yeah. So just get ready, you know, spend a weekend or, or two listening to it. And he's curated the order in which to listen to. The first track is John Phillips, Sousa, Stars and Stripes Forever. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's pretty cool that he... He put that as the first track to kind of pay homage to that heritage. The second track, cool. Hogan's uh, Heroes. We you know, I, I I can't get through Stars and Stripes, <laughs> so I haven't moved on yet. So, <laughs> oh gosh. Um, and then for the music side of thing, I I don't know. That's I I I, I maybe I maybe I feel like my ear is is attuned to a few things that are new. I like listening to yeah. new music. Um, Did you listen to a lot of band music in high school? You know, I I didn't. Um, I I. 
ended up meeting a, a friend that was a little younger than me. I think he was a freshman when I was a junior and he was an outstanding trumpet player. Um, and his parents had a musical, strong musical background. Sure. Um, and uh, he's actually playing in the United States Marine Band right now. So he's he he graduated from Northwestern and he's playing in the Marine Band. So sure. he's he's a serious trumpet player. Um, and he you know we would just hang out and and he would introduce me to some great pieces and recordings and things like that, um, orchestral music. So then that started tossing me over to listen listening more to some band music and things like that. Kurt, of course, has just shared a, a myriad of music with me. And then when Napster was doing its well, thing, that was the know. time too. I mean, did you get because I started getting obsessive about it. And it, it was Napster, but it was also like at that point for Christmas, I always asked for my, Christmas and my birthday are five days apart. Yeah. So I would ask for Apple and iTunes gift cards and mm-hmm. all I bought was music. Yep. But this was also the point too. you know, do you have a huge CD collection? You know, I, I did. And, okay. and what, well, what I do have is at school, but um you know, I uh, I think a lot of it was those uh, those national concert band yeah. festival recordings. Kurt has the whole collection, and he would just share those with he me. Get those and it was to. it was the Mark custom recordings of the, yes. the U of I Beach and years. Oh yeah. Um, and I remember for me, I would go to the libraries of of yes. the university and check out ten oh, twenty yeah. and just rip them to the. We're just admitting to criminal activity right now. We are, but you we know, are. yeah. That that I remember for yeah. me was a huge time for it. So I imagine for you, like, you know, just a huge, huge oh, absolutely. library. External hard drives yeah. full of music. Yeah. So I wouldn't say a CD collection, but yeah, I mean, they were CDs, right? You know, and um, and things to listen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I did listen a lot through college. And, and, yeah. and you know, it, when I hear a, f- a piece for the first time, oh, man, this is great. And then and then I, I think I, I like to dig deeper. Sure. You know, what else did this composer write or what else is like this? And just, you know, go down the rabbit hole. I you can, still listen a lot today? You listen as much today as you used to? Yeah, at, at, at times. Okay. Um, and, I, and I think it'll tie into a little bit later on the discussion. But um, I think it's healthy to take a break, too. Okay. You know, but I, I when it when it's I guess when it's time to program and also when we're working on a piece, um, I do like to listen a lot to different takes on it you know uh different interpretations and and so i'll uh right now for instance we're working on armenian one mm-hmm. um i've got a playlist full of original source material on my computer um or my iphone that's got you know all, all of the original um dance music and songs from the armenian composers that wrote these pieces and so it's really i, I listen to that actually first before i listen okay. to the band pieces um and then I'll, I'll listen to Tokyo Kosai play it, you know, just because Alfred Reed was there so much with that band. And there's a huge Alfred Reed heritage in Japan that I, that I started to learn about. So those are what you might call the quintessential recordings next to the Harry Bijan recording from U of I. Um, and so just listening to and then I like to listen to high schools play it, yeah. you know, not just college bands. But what are what are, you know, people um, that are just like the kids I have in front of me capable of doing um and uh and i think that's 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 healthy too you know am i making decisions about how we're gonna uh interpret some sections from it um on a piece like that um you know maybe a little bit here and there but um you know a lot of that stuff comes from Bijan himself i just kind of sure. you know read his article and um and you and i were talking about that a little bit did ago. you get you got a hold of that I ended article up hold of okay. it. yeah and, i'm and glad i couldn't help you sorry oh it's it's i, I and what actually was nice about that is so the the article is like about um that's <laughs> not like you have enough on your plate my friend um the uh the article was about uh you know, just just what Bijan 
decided to change a little bit, quote unquote, from re, uh, from Reed's writing of the music. And a lot of it had to do with Tempe. And um, for instance, that second movement is marked way slower than it's supposed to go. So, um, and, you know, the first three notes of the piece are not 32nd notes, they're 16th notes. So it's not, it's you know. Um, so hearing that, um, and, and actually kind of knowing that, but not knowing that that was how Pigeon wanted it. Um, but even remembering all the way back to that summer symposium band. And it's like, wow, that's, a, yep, that does make sense now that I hear it. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of my process and that's what I'll do. And, and I'll do that for other pieces too, that are on our program. Um, and then, you know, when it's time to, to stop listening for a little bit and just, you know, take a break and just kind of clean my ears out a little bit, um, from band, if you will, cause I think it's healthy. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. And then when it's, when it's time to get back the, the you know the, to pick out some pieces for next year's group then i'm gonna just gonna do a lot of listening and see how things sure you know go so you guys you say you're working on armenian dances now now do you do you work on it as like a big project piece for the year or is this just a typical concert cycle that's a good question and that's changed a little bit um i i do i believe in the concert cycle okay. system if at all possible i know that's not possible everywhere i was gonna say can um, we argue yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, but and I and I get it too. Um, you know, and 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 to to some extent, you know, I, I've backed myself into a wall a little bit when I've done this at Andrew. You know, sure. it's like, well, we're we're a week away from Super State, and I ch- I decided to change the whole program from when we auditioned, and oh boy, you know, we're we're cutting it down to the wire here. But you know? you're looking at it though too from the educational experience and and giving the kids more music right. to, to look at and not saying, okay, it's super state, but it's not the end all be all. At, at the end of the day, we're playing a concert on stage. Correct. This is the music we have. Yeah, and for this particular situation, um, Armenian Dances was a late ad. Um, this this is, you know, I think, Don, you, you talked about, you know me enough to, to know that I feel like I program pretty pretty quickly yep. and um and have a good idea of what my year is going to look like for at least for the top band um this year i knew we wanted to i wanted to play mothership by mason bates i knew i wanted to do that something different just wanted to do something sure. different and i felt like that would be fun i think there were some really great opportunities for kids to be creative and come up with their own solos the piece has four opportunities to do some uh imp- improvise improvise solo work um which is pretty cool there are a few written out in the piece but it really does it comes with lead sheets and the kids can go, yeah. go crazy we had um about 10 auditions uh 10 or 12 auditions that were just all really well thought out i was very proud of the students so again that was something different to do um and this is all in preparation for our music for all concert um and then I wanted to do Granger, and I've I've had gum suckers in the library for a long time, um, and I've thought that would be fun to do. Um, w- way more uh, un- being unpacked than I originally anticipated okay. with that piece, but it's fun to do. Uh, it's it's extremely challenging, but it's uh, it's again it's good. And then I just didn't know what the last piece was going to be. Yeah. Like, what was the right fit for this group? Like, where the the sections are all decently strong everybody every section can play um you know i wouldn't say we have any at this year i wouldn't have any like just like above everybody else sections that i would that i would say you know yeah we've got to find a piece for for this section like the horns or something like that um so armenian dances has candy for everybody you know and and opportunities for everybody and so i i think i was just sitting in my office with a few um a few uh uh, staff members from the marching man because it was kind of in the end of the marching man season and uh, um, we, we just started talking about Armenian dances for some reason. And it was just like, that's it. 
Mm-hmm. Like it was just that, that was the one that that's it. Why, why, why didn't I even think about that? Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a perfectly legitimate piece to perform, especially at the music for all event where, where I think that that festival really does try to, um, land home the the need to teach quality literature and to present quality literature. do you think so do you think we're moving away a little bit from some of those standards that we're starting to forget absolutely a little bit <laughs> absolutely yeah and and i think um but i do think some of the new composers so, some of them are really interested in trying to make sure that what they do present is quality yeah, yeah. um but yeah i mean you don't necessarily need i mean it's I, hard to find a whole suite on a program now it's i yeah. think it's hard to, or to find yeah, some of the Alfred Reed things on there, you know, I, I, that's at least what I've just been looking at recently is, I mean, I, I get it, push the medium forward, play um, newer music. Right. But at the same time, you know, what you, when I when I played that piece in the summertime of my high school time, I immediately made sure I found a recording of it yeah. and then just fell in love. I would listen to it constantly, you know, like, how could you how could you not be excited? to listen to the end of that piece, you know, and and just be like, you know, when, when those last few bars happen and the horn trill happens and the trombones are going for it. And then you're just like the, the last three notes, you're just like, yes, you know, every time you listen to it. Um, and it made me fall in love with that piece and, and, and band, you know, that was one of the, you know, formative pieces to fall in love with. And yeah, you're right. Are we, we're, we're not, maybe we're not putting Holston in front of the kids enough anymore. Cause how many, how many kids fall in love with band because of that? You know, yeah. um, I can't tell you how many pieces I performed, um, of the quote unquote older pieces, right. The reeds, the, the hosts, the, um, the, the war horses, um, and the kids are walking out of the band room and what tunes are they singing? They're not singing the new tunes. Mm-hmm. They're whistling and humming the, the stuff with melody, the stuff with melody. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, and the good melodies, right. You know, stuff that's been really well thought out and has been time tested. And I think that's, um, yeah, that's super important to to make sure that we keep going. So as you go on, we don't need to argue. We don't need to argue. Um, well, that's fine. I know I know what your favorite piece is too. So what's my favorite piece? It's Hounds of Spring. Uh, it was. It was. Oh, it okay. Was. Interesting. I don't know what it is now. Okay, I'll have to think. No, I still like Hounds of Spring. Hounds of Spring. Yeah. Spring. Okay, I'm back to it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> glad, I'm glad we brought you back to that. Yeah. It's the you know my favorite part. It's the end. It's the the just. Him putting everything together in that augmented part, and yep. it's just—I don't know—it's—it's it's a silly, um, it's not a silly little piece, but I, I love no. his program notes. It—it it sounds like kids being goofy at the beginning and very raucous, and it's got a nice little love yep. part to it and everything. All right, I'm gonna go listen. It makes to that. bands sound good. The first recording I heard of that, I think it's—I don't know if it's the best one. It's this Royal Northern College, and yeah. I think they play it. Um. Oh my gosh, they play it so fast. And that's it's Interesting. really fast. You've played this recording for me now yeah. that I'm hearing you talk about this again. And yeah. it's and it's so fast, but uh, again, like nobody else likes that cuz it's so fast. Yeah. I like it cuz I'm like I I don't know, I watch my five kids they're just running full speed yeah. at home. So that's and, you know, pretty pretty good corollary. There we go. That's what it is. Um enough about that. Literature. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> going sure. on with that. So you're talking about you know, this this literature that you're doing, and, and I know you've, um, as I said, I've learned a lot about literature from you, but what are maybe some suggestions you have for some people that, sure, you know, let, maybe some things that are lesser known, but even if you can think, too, of like, hey, here's a few things that maybe we just haven't heard for a while, like we've already mentioned, a whole Stern Armenian dance sure. or something. Sure, sure. Well, of course, when you, when you let me know about this question, 
I had to make a list. So I have a list here and I'm not going to go through everything, but you know, that's, I can that, put it up on the notes too. Afterwards. That might be cool. Yeah. I'll send them to yeah. you. And uh, yeah, it's, it was just an, ex- and these are just literally that just like I, I r- rapid fire type sure, these thing sure. out. I could have probably gone further, but I decided to stop. So, um, one of the, you know, we made, we made super state again in 2016 and we played a piece called zing by Scott McAllister. Um, man, it's just fun. Um, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll tie in another quick mentor, a uh, plug, if you will, David Maccabee, uh, mm-hmm. retired from United Township. I met him on a European concert tour. I was serving on the staff for the Illinois ambassadors of, of music tour, uh, and met him through that. And, and it, it, it that's a, that's a life changing event in its own right, but a life changing event in terms of finding a really great friend and mentor. Uh, David has been one of my, I will call him one of my best friends, uh, and, and one of my, my biggest supporters in trying to, uh, kind of change things around at Andrew a little bit. And, and he was right there with me the whole time. Yeah. You know, it was, it, it was fantastic. So he suggested Zing. I listened to it, fell in love with it. It's a fun overture. Um, people look at the score and, oh my goodness, look at those woodwind runs. They're just B flat scales guys. It's fine. It, they're, it's all set. So, um, so that's a fun piece. Um, the new Omar Thomas Shenandoah is just chillingly beautiful. Um, and it's, and it's, uh, achievable. It's a grade three. There's some complex harmony in there, but, um, there's just so much soul in it and it's just beautiful. And it's really great to hear, um, new composers coming through, especially Omar Thomas coming through. And I can't wait. Um, and, and maybe if he listens to this, I hope he writes some more things that are, you know, he's got some very high difficulty level and then yeah. he's got this Shenandoah. I can't wait to hear what he comes up with. That's going to, um, fill in the high school band rooms a little bit more. Sure. Um, Foster's America by David Gillingham, a bunch of Stephen Collins Foster tunes. I just think it's really well written. The second movement is a beautiful dreamer and it's just gorgeous. Like that makes the piece. You could probably perform that alone. Um, and it's just, it's just very well done. It's a great teaching piece and it has great music in it. Um, I mentioned mothership earlier. Um, I heard Charlie Mangini's band at Midwest play, um, a Kansas two-step an old Arthur Pryor March that had kind of been pulled out of the archives sure. and published in the mid 2010s, if you will, I think it was 2014, 15, uh, just a fun little circus thing and not, not too fast. Actually, it's a, it's a slower two-step, but a little trombone glisses in there and all that stuff. Um, we played another piece at, at uh, IMEC a couple years ago called uh, uh, True Things, um, and it's uh, by Nathan Daughtry, a percussionist. I was This is, again, the rabbit holes I go down. I follow the University of North Texas on Facebook, and they uh, pop up with their live streams. Um, those are pretty good bands to listen to, mm-hmm. if, you, if you think so. Uh, and uh, so the symphonic band was playing under, uh, under Dennis Fisher, and I got a chance to listen to that. And uh, just was listening to the concert and True Things comes on. It was the premiere of the piece. And I was like, this is a, this is cool. This is great. And I read up about it. It was a, a little bit of like a love song mm-hmm. um, that he wrote for a percussion duet that was then transcribed for band for Dennis. And um, so it was just a cool story. And I, and I said, that needs to be on the program. Like that's that's a new piece. I want people in Illinois to hear that. Um, we played Magnolia Star by Steve Danu, and that was fun. It's about the the train that kind of linked um, the the uh, jazz land, if you will, down in Louisiana up to the to the north to, to Chicago. So, like the uh, Magnolia Star was the name of the train line, and so there's a there's a little bit of a train instance to that piece. Uh, really anything David Maslanka, I would just say, uh, to not be afraid to program it. If you're interested, if anybody's thinking about it, um, you know, find it, 
and and go for it. It's it's just uh, transcendental music, and it 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 makes you feel um, like you're doing something bigger than yourself. Uh, we were part of two commissions last year, and I'll stop here. Um, Wayne O'Quinn's song for Silent Voices. Um, we we joined it on that commission uh, after hearing the piece. Um, and a couple bands from Illinois, Scott Casagrande uh, with Arlington Heights at uh, John Hersey High School has the is on that commission as well. And it was uh, written uh, with uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas and Alex mm-hmm. Kaminsky. So, again, this connection, these connections just all keep coming yeah. back, you know, uh, heard his concert at Midwest and then started talking to him about his performance. And then sure enough, he's at Vanderkick and now there's a friendship being developed. Sorry for the sidetrack. Um <laughs> And, uh, and then we were part of a commission for this uh, piece called Respite, Music for a Gentler Time, uh, by David Reeves. And he's our marching band arranger. And a lot of people know David Reeves as a percussionist and a marching band arranger. And he really wanted to get back into or get deeper into composing for concert band. And initially, this piece was a little bit interesting to listen to and because it, it was really like nothing I've heard before. And in the process of working it, I just fell in love with it. In love with it. And, I, and it's... it's um, I, it's hard to describe. It, it is gentle. It is. Um, it never gets in your face, um, but it's it's thoughtful and and it's beautiful and it's really meant for um, kind of the hopeful time that when things uh, in the world of tumultuous times might hopefully calm down mm-hmm. is kind of what this is about. So um, so it had a lot of meaning um, and uh, and it was just a really great piece to work up and prepare without any pretense yeah. you know i didn't have an opportunity to look for recordings on that piece and get some ideas um we had well, i had to do that myself and that was a great experience to have too so um so there's my short list well and and i'll say this too sitting with you here it's fun to hear you talk about these pieces because i know you've been teaching 12 13 13 years 13 or so, years yeah. but there's still I, you're very excited about the pieces, yeah. and i can see that it's not just like here's a project we just need to pick apart and turn over and note by note right this is what i like about these pieces this was what's exciting and you're, you're coming from that that true point of passion there yeah it's it's interesting to hear you say that um i that, i guess that's just kind of the only way i know to be sure you know is just if i'm going to be in something let's let's be in it yeah you know but it's not because the the segue to that is that that's the exciting part about it but sometimes I know teaching gets a little stressful. Absolutely. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Occasionally. <laughs> and if you're a, you're a band director, like we as band directors, we're wonderful at PR. Mm-hmm. We're just we're just wonderful at PR and putting the highlight reel out, and and nobody ever puts out the stuff of like, right? Oh my gosh, have you had any of those points in your career? Mm-hmm. You know that that you might want to talk about that were just like, holy cow, this is stressful, and I, right. I need to do something about it. Right. Um, yeah, uh, you know, for sure. I guess the more, um, the more obvious one would be, as I mentioned earlier, where I was teaching middle school and I really felt like I needed to teach high school. Like I wanted to do that. It was, you know, you get a couple interviews here and there, but you're not getting those offers at a high school level and you're starting to feel like, okay, I'm three years in teaching middle school and now am I being a, am I being looked at as a middle school band director and I'm not going to be able to get into a high school gig, you know, even though maybe I might be ready for that. So that was stressful. And that was almost a time where it's like, okay, you know, maybe I'll be a stay at home dad. You know, my wife at the time had a really, really good, um, middle school band job in, uh, Arlington Heights. I'm sorry, Displains, uh, Algonquin middle school. She was, mm-hmm. she was, and she's a, like, Tiffany is a fantastic band director. Um, and I hope someday she's able to go back to doing it. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, that was a time where I was thinking maybe it's maybe it's something else. I, I could do something else. You know, sure. if this, if this isn't going to work out or just 
you know, let's start a family and I'll, I'll be the dad. I'll stay home and, and do that. Um, and then, you know, in, in teaching at Andrew for a few years, there was a time where I felt, um, like the, the balance and the way things just felt may not have felt right for me at that time. And that was about three, four years ago. Did you ever think that would happen at, at your alma mater? Absolutely not. Okay. I, I, you know, getting the job, thinking it was going to be the dream job. And I think that is to some extent, um, maybe happens to a lot of people that they, you know, that's, and that's, and that's it. Um, but then after that honeymoon phase wears off and I feel like the honeymoon phase lasted for a long time. And I, I guess I don't, I can't even say that it wore off because it was amongst some of the best times we were having at the school in terms of musical making, um, music making. Um, you know, this was right around the time we're playing at the national festival for the first time. And the students I had in front of me just worked so hard. And I, I, I was just so deeply proud of the work they did. Um, I even had Dan Romano come back and we, we, you know, we spent time together. So it was just, it was nostalgia and, and all that going on. But for some reason there was just something else there, uh, um, kind of pushing me to feel, like what's going on here? You know, uh, you know why? Why amongst all this great stuff do I feel like this might not be for me now? You know, or this this place. Um, and I think it just came back to my family life, and and it really, um, you know, helped me to to think once again more and more about how important that is um, over everything else. And so that was me being at school doing pep band jazz band prepping the wind symphony for this uh big performance um you know and we were doing night rehearsals for that uh marching band that goes you know into november and things along those lines just running the program and me being the only one there doing that um was challenging uh to say the least at home uh to to just feel like i was there for my my very young family you know we had you know right around two kids at that time um so i just you know thought about it and 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 tried to see what the solution for that would be and was very fortunate enough in the end to have some very supportive administration to understand that they could work with me and we could work together to try to figure out how my job could be one that's manageable um, and, and while still maintaining and, and maybe even becoming even more successful um, while I could then be there more for my family. So I feel like, you know, with a, with a brain that gets just, you got so cluttered up with all the, the things I had to do. And, and for me, that just felt like it was a lot where some programs might have, you know, a few other people there doing it. Um, not to mention just a, a, a sense of vision and things like that too, that maybe, um, you know, I felt like I had a, a vision that was going on and, and maybe I was the only one that, that felt that. And, and, and that wasn't true. I just didn't know that, mm-hmm. you know, that other, there were so many people on my side. I just didn't know. Did you, and so I was going to say, did your principal or, or administrator that you talked to about this, were they aware of this prior to you bringing it up? I don't, I don't think so. So okay. in the, in that sense, um, where was I at in, in the sense that I that I thought I couldn't bring that. Sure. Well, you don't want to complain about every little thing, right? right? And right. and this isn't a big deal. This isn't a big deal. This isn't a big deal. Don't want to be and a squeaky then, wheel. And then know? time goes on, and and all of a sudden things are a big deal. It takes a, um, takes a toll. And I, you know, because I'm I'm. And this is not an interview question. This is just you and I talking. Because yeah. I am like last semester crazy. Yeah. 
nearing burnout, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. I don't know, and this is what I'm asking you, like, how do you flip the switch then with that? Because same deal, feeling immense guilt yeah. about the family at yeah. home, and then when you're away from here and you're the only director, yeah. and then you're starting to say no to things. Because everyone will say, I don't know if you get this, but they'll say, it's okay to say no. Yeah. Okay, then I'll say no. Well, we'll say no to other people, not me. <laughs> right, right, right. So, I mean, how do you how do you get out of that that I guess guilt part there with with the band? Yeah, I I think it took a little bit of time. So the the I, acknowledging and understanding that something needed to change was obviously the first step. Yeah, and then deciding how to make that change was was the next piece. So, um. Uh, so I will freely admit that I'm not a huge fan of doing pep band. Um, and I think get out of it, you know, just leave right now. I know. Go, I'll, all right. Go. We'll wrap this up. All right. Um, as, as I, and I think several people who might <laughs> listen, yeah, you might agree. Um, but, um, so I, I decided that that was something, you know what, even though, even though there's, you know, a stipend in here for it and sure. we get paid for our time, of course, that time to be home with my family on a Friday night with pizza and watching a movie is far more important mm-hmm. than playing Hey Baby for the basketball team. Um, love our basketball team. Yeah. Love, love our school. I think there's, there's, you know, a huge, uh, uh, a kind of air of, uh, respect and, 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 uh, appreciation for everything that everybody does in the building, which yeah. is really nice. So it's not that, not that I want to be there for the, for those students. Um, but, um, if there's somebody else that can, they can do that, you know, and, and just, and take the kids through that, um, then cool. Um, I also, you know, gave up one of my passions, which I, I really enjoy doing the jazz band. I, I, I gave that up mm-hmm. to be home with my family. And I made sure that I had somebody in there that would still make sure it was right. Yeah. So it wasn't like, I'm going to let this go. And then, okay, whoever comes in and takes it because at the end of the day, this is still the program I'm in charge of. And I want to make sure that the person that's doing that uh, is going to do it at a high level. And it's also, it was also then acknowledging that there needs to be a balance in this program too. I needed to get this program feeling more like it was in check in terms of how I thought things should go, or just maybe we need to pull away something here so that this other thing can live. Um, and once that just all felt better, then it was like, okay, I can feel okay. Not worrying so much at home, yeah. like not coming home. So, you know, we, we have the, we have the marching program at Andrew and then it carries over into the winter with a winter color guard and a pretty competitive winter drumline program, which doesn't really exist all over the place in Illinois. And that was interesting for me to understand because my view of a band program is, you know, jazz band, concert band, march band in the fall, sure. and then that's it. Um, so when it came down to balancing that out and saying, you know what, we, we might just not be able to be full powered on jazz. We're going to need to provide this opportunity for the kids. But, um, you know, there's a lot of focus going on in the concert band and, the, and then they're continuing to do a marching activity in the winter. Um, so once we figured that out and balanced it out a little bit, it, it, it seemed to feel better. But at the same time, um, I just had to continually tell myself when I when I leave here, I need to leave here. Yeah. And I need to be and, and, I, and I, I've come to the point as well where I, I feel like if I'm the last car in the lot. I'm actually doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's something that maybe, um, and, and, and no, no disrespect to those band directors that came before us that were that, that type of band director, because I think that's almost kind of how it had to be, um, with the advent of so many pieces of technology that help us make things happen quicker, um, or maybe automate some things or get things sure. rolling, you know, a little well, bit easier. And I, and I think the other thing, you know, to ask you this question, would your program be where it is today without you doing those things previously? 
Meaning, uh, doing the, the quality that it, that is like you. You yeah. know, you were a guy. Here's your car sure. that was the last one on the lot, right? Oh, yeah, I'm with you. Um, no, I mean, is it a dues paying thing? Is it or or can people maybe even start the first parts of their career and and that's try a, to try to be a eight to three or nine to five, or what, whatever it might be? That's a really good question. I don't know if you can. I think you have to. I think you might have to pay your pay your dues a little bit and just get get yourself where you feel like you got everything taken care of sure. or like it's got a way of, of happening. Right. So, so for instance, when I, when I left, um, doing the jazz band, um, you know, the kids still knew to come in and set up and get ready to go the right way and make the room all happen. And it wasn't like that whole program just shut down because it's something that I kind of put in place the way that we would, the way that we do it. And so they would come in and they would start rehearsal just like we would have, but there just happened to be somebody else in front of them. Mm-hmm. So I felt comfortable going home knowing that that rehearsal was, was going fine. Sure. You know? Sure. Um, and then, um, you know, redesigning a marching band schedule a little bit just to be more um, okay. Um, not staying through all the time between marching band and, and the end of school. You know, I, I live about 10 minutes away from school. So, yeah, that bell rings at three. The kids the kids might be having some sectionals here or there, and we'll have some staffing to keep, take a look at that. But I might go home for dinner, mm-hmm. see the kids, you know, make sure everything's all okay there. Um, Tiffany also brings the kids out to marching band practice in the fall, and they kind of hang out on the track. And mm-hmm. so um, – and, and there's a lot of comfort there. Um, the kids uh, in the marching band enjoy seeing my children. Yeah. I, I like being... How, a, how old are your kids now? Oh, they are eight. Um, Will, that's Nora. William's going to be six here in, a, okay. in, in about two weeks. And then Annie is uh, three. Holy cow. So, yeah, it's been quick. Um, I, know you, I know you have a, a wide... We have, we have 15. Yeah. There's, there's a crew. 17 kids at home. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and you know, at least you can go places and you can leave one there and you'll be okay, you know? Yeah. Do you, well, three kids, you probably, <laughs> walk, you probably walk into restaurants too and people look. Yeah. You get that? Maybe. They I, see yeah. us. They see us by the boiler. In the oh, back. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. There, there have been a few times where we're just, you know, like, yeah, they're just being kids, guys. It's fine. But. Yeah, you know we're 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 not afraid. We we go out and do our thing and yeah. just yeah, whatever people people can look and do their. Your thing, kids play instruments yet? Nora plays violin. Okay. Uh, William uh, likes to play with his pee buzz, uh, which is that simpler version of the pee bone. Oh, okay. Uh, it's, okay, it's, because we needed something simpler. Yeah, I tell you what. <laughs> uh, and oh man, does he love that? It's so um, what what is the pee buzz? I, I so the pee buzz is literally just a. It looks like a like a just a, a mouthpiece attached to a bell. Okay. Um, and then it's got a little bit of an, ex- it can extend it's a, a little horn. bit. It's a horn. <laughs> it's a horn. And it's, it's uh, in some programs, elementary programs, it's being used instead of recorders, okay. which is kind of cool because then they just make a transition into band. Sure. It's, sure. It's interesting. So he likes playing with that. Um, they all, they all tinker away at the piano a little bit. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, so it's, it's slow going, slow going, but they're interested in music. They like, they like it. They like coming to band concerts and things like that too. So well, very cool. Very yeah. cool. Um, why don't we wrap this up here? Um, you know, I know you've been in music education for a bit. You know, maybe just the last couple of points here, maybe some current items about music ed that you should uh, you think maybe we can address with a little more focus, kind of push music ed band programs forward a little bit or yeah. redirect them a bit and uh, maybe some future goals for you and, and Victor J. Andrew yeah, band program. for sure. Um well, I, you know, I, I, something I'm passionate about is, um, is, is, is competitive marching band again, because Andrew high school had that as, as part of its, 
um, heritage. Sure. You know, um, very quick backstory on that. When Dan Romano took the job, he asked the administration, what would you like me to do? Like, I think a smart band director should. What would you like this program to look like? Um, and the, the principal at the time said, I'd like a competitive marching band. And Dan had really no idea, freely admits I had no idea what that meant or how to do that. So he just kind of rolled up his sleeves and hopped to it. And then um, slowly but surely, you know, they become a state finalist qualifying marching yeah. band and, and you know, the rest is history there. So that's been something that's ingrained in the in the fiber of, of Andrew High School's program. So I feel like I've learned a lot about that activity in the time. I've also learned a lot about how our program is a little bit unique in the term of its size. We're a little bit smaller of a marching band or a band program in the context of a big school. Um, what's the school size? We're about 2,200. And what's the band um, size? And we're about 120, 120. 130 or so okay. total. Um, so about 5% of the school population, give or take. Um, my ultimate goal is 10, um, sure. 10%. I haven't quite been able to crack That's that. That's us yet. here. I mean, we're, we're 125 in a yeah. school of 3,200. So, okay, so we're, there you we're go. up yeah. by 1,000 there. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's, you know, that's interesting, right? I mean, you, so, you know, in some places you see have a school of 4,000 in a band program that's, you know, 300, 400. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's huge. Um, and across town, Joliet West. Right. 3,200 kids. And I think, I think over 200. Right. In the band there. Right. So very healthy in, in, yeah. in, that, in that respect. Um, so I think, you know, but, so, but even in the, in the three schools we just mentioned, and I know your school is in a competitive marching band, but we just, we just, suggested three very different size schools with with three very different size band programs yeah. so i'm i'm interested in seeing the activity of marching band competitive marching band um become a little bit more um consistent in how we um how we pit or or combine groups against one another in terms of competition it's really the only thing we still compete with in the band world. And again, I, I, I like the educational aspect of marching band as much as we possibly can make it. So our invitational, for instance, we have an additional judge that's non-scored and they just talk about your show. Yeah. Um, we have a free percussion clinic that we do and all that stuff. So we think it's educational. We want to try to land home educational side of it as well, but still have a competitive piece to it. So I, I'm interested in seeing how we can get more like similar bands with similar ideologies and similar shows, things like that be competing against one another. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's really exhibited in the sense that, you know, in the, in the majority of the season locally up here, we're, we have band size competition. And then when we get to our state competition, it's by school size. So this year, uh, we were very fortunate. We had a great run at ISU, but we were, we were in fifth place overall. And that's the, the highest it, uh, we've been in over a decade. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was a great time, great weekend for us. Um, but we were the second smallest band in finals. Um, going up against some powerhouses. Now, um, what does that tell you? That tells you those judges, you know, were, were good. They got it right. They were able to, to objectively look at the groups they had in front of them, but sometimes it's not always the case. Yeah. So I'm interested in seeing how that can become more consistent and I'm, I'm, I'm working towards seeing if there's anything I can do to help that. I know it's a big animal to tackle, but I think that's something to be looked at. Um, you know, and then and then just figuring out a way to make this activity a little less expensive to do for people. And yeah. I, I don't know what the answer for that is. Well, and that um, and that's again when people yeah. bring up marching band, we don't compete. Right, we're, we're a high needs, low income school. Right, and um, you know, it's it's a money thing. It's yeah. it's a money thing. It's a transportation thing. So yeah, um, that's that's something I always look at. It, it would be nice, but you know, if you're going to spend the money. Yeah. lessons other things like to that get it there. all so, 
done the right way. Whoever's yeah. listening, putting an all call out there for if if you take on that part of marching band, I'm sure somebody else could. Yeah, <laughs> help, yeah. Dr- help drive the uh, train for you know for the funding side of things. Maybe side, yeah. yeah. So. so yeah, and then at Andrew, I'm just I'm just gonna I like to take it year by year and see how things go. I I uh, as I mentioned the national festival. The National Conference Festival that that is all about kids and I and I um, you know I know Scott Casagrande told me that first and uh, I, I I believed him when he said that because he said it he looked me right in the eye when he said it and um, and that Midwest is kind of more about directors who go sure. you know and um, and I, I think the Midwest Clinic would be a really great place to you know kind of say hey I conducted there but I'm but that doesn't I really don't need that yeah you know um, and um, and I think, uh, you know, maybe maybe taking the kids to New York and playing at Carnegie Hall or Lincoln Center, kind of like what you guys are looking to do. And um, I think that's a really great experience for students. Um, but just providing those those quality performances and those things that they're going to remember, um, the recording is the trophy. You know, they yeah. can take that with them and say, I was in that. I played that piece. I did that. That was something that me and my friends um, accomplished together. Um, so those I, I don't I can't tell you I have uh, any you know major aspirations other than just making sure that I maintain a balance um, so that the program feels right um, and that the kids still have an opportunity to play some of the very best music at a very high level in every uh, activity that they participate in you know whether that be the marching band our jazz program our concert program or indoor groups Um and if that's happening, then I'm happy. I can go home and, and feel like we're, we're doing good things um, and the kids have a place to call home. So, um, and I know it's off topic, but the last thing I wanted to mention is I think it's important to have a friend to talk to mm-hmm. in this in this profession um, and and to, to go out and have a beer with and just talk through some stuff. And it, and it doesn't have to be anything specific. Yeah. But, um, you know, I've, I've got a really good friend. I teach at TF South, uh, you know, just some similar interests. John Haney is a great guy. And we just talk a lot. Yeah, yeah. about about band and it's just this is the guy that we can talk through stuff with and it just takes off that stress um of everything that's going on and it's kind of like oh wait we're both experiencing the same sure. things good to know um it's and, funny you say that too because yeah. i think uh, the english teachers and math teachers would say well talk to your colleague you are your own colleague <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's I mean, no more of me in the building school, right you know right. so it's it is it, it is as common as it sounds i guess it's like we really do have to seek out yes you know the extra time to do that yes and that's important i think i think if you do that and and you have that person that can that can be your sounding board um even though i know that my wife tiffany uh, it, it can is that sounding board and but i also I, and she knows this because I've talked to her about it. I don't. I don't want to burden her with my sure. my work stuff. You know, um, I think it's important to separate that out. I want to come home and I want to be there for them and just be be a dad and be a husband um, and not talk about band and be mm-hmm. you know all that stuff. So it doesn't mean it's completely you know out of the house. It, it, you know, we we that's how we met. It's how we fell in love and 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 became you know husband and wife is through through meeting in band. So there's a lot we owe to it. But uh, at the same time. You know, I think that's something to, to think about. Absolutely. Mark, so. thanks for coming out. Thanks for having this me. This was fun. Yeah, as always. Fun. Hope, hope people learn something here, and I know everyone will enjoy hearing you talk here. <laughs> thanks, bud. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. 